Welcome to the Entrepreneur's Visiting Victor podcast with Victor Dadaj, where you'll hear stories and strategies to help increase your sales and grow your business. Here's your host, Victor Dadaj. All right, welcome to Entrepreneurs Visiting Victor. I am your host, Victor Dadaj. I hope you're having an amazing day so far. We have an awesome guest. He is a successful real estate investor and private money lender. He and his companies have closed on over 2,400 transactions as a buyer, seller, or private money lender. He has spent two decades as a real estate investor and 16 years in real estate lending. He is the author of The 45-Day Investor, a frequent speaker, and has been quoted in the Las Vegas Review Journal, the Denver Post, Yahoo Real Estate, Denver Business Journal, and Forbes. And his company manages multiple mortgage funds and is approaching $1 billion in funding. So let's welcome Kevin Amosh. How are you doing today, Kevin? Victor, that was great. I'm doing fantastic. How are you doing? I'm doing great. It's great to have you on. I'd like to get started. I'd ask you to please share your story. How did you wind up becoming an entrepreneur? Yeah, so I guess, I mean, I don't know how far back we want to go here, but I think back when I was a kid and I was riding my bike down the street and and I'm um, I'm just cruising around the neighborhood and I go over to the drugstore. It was far more back then. I don't know if you remember that one. And I buy packs of gum. Now the gum pack, there was four packs in one pack, if that makes sense. They were individually wrapped. I'd buy a bunch of those and go to the school and I'd start slinging those things. So I'd, I bought them for a dollar for uh, four packs. I sold them for 50 cents a piece. So I got two bucks out of the deal. So for every four, I, I made a dollar. And I guess that's kind of how I got started. Shortly after that, I started pushing a lawnmower around, shoveling snow. I guess I, I was kind of always an entrepreneur. Um, but as far as the first company I started, now I got out of I got out of high school and I was so dang sick of school, Victor. I was like, I got to get out of here. And I ended up going into the army where I learned that I didn't spend very much money. So I was saving money and needed a place to put it. So I started reading books and and about a business and about investing. And I ended up um, buying a piece of real estate. I bought one when I was just turning 21, moved out of it. Two years later, 23 years old, had a tenant. And I was cash flowing about 400 bucks a month. It was going up in value. My tenant was paying off my mortgage for me. And I was like, you know what? This is what's going to make me rich. I got to learn the real estate business because this vehicle works. And so I started focusing in on real estate and started my little real estate investment company, which is still active. Oh, that is awesome. So, yeah, so it seems like ever since you were a little kid, you always had the entrepreneurial streak in you. You're riding a bike, you go to the drugstore, you buy a pack of gum, four packs of one, paid the dollars for it, and you sold each of them individually for 50 cents, which was $2, so you made a dollar profit. And then you did stuff like, uh, you know, mowing the lawn, snow shoveling. And I, I like those kind of people because, like, you know, over here, I'm in New York City in the Northeast, and, and it snows there, and we sometimes just get big snowstorms. And I'm happy to pay these kids who come and want to shovel the snow because I see an entrepreneurial streak in them. So I'm glad to give them the money. And, uh, you know, maybe it'll, it'll like uh, inspire him to do even greater things. So, you know, yeah. I'm, I always love to see that. And then later on, you know, you went to the army, you saved some money. But uh, with that money, you bought some books on business and investing. You bought a property and um, and you realize you after a while your tenant was paying off your mortgage. And you say, hey, you know, this is, a, this is a great way to make a living, make money. So it's you works. started. Yeah. So. And and then you started, you know, learning more and more. You develop you know, your skill, your craft. You've been doing it ever since. You've been doing what, like two decades now, right? Yeah, I bought that first house in 2000, run right before, what well, was in like, uh, say maybe May, June, something like that. And then, you know, 2001 is when the, when the, 
um, the terrorist attacks hit and the, 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 the dot, the dot com bubble. And we had all of that going on right the year that I bought that. And it was very interesting. Cause I was in a national guard when, when that all happened, my active army unit went over my national guard unit shortly went over somehow I avoided, uh, avoided that deployment. And so I could really focus in on school and business. And yeah, it's very interesting time when I bought that first one. So, so awesome. So, and, and after you bought that, you know, how, how was the journey the first few years? Cause you know, as an entrepreneur, you know, everyone goes to different journeys, you know, you have your great periods, you have, you have like six months a year, just things are going well. And there's maybe the next few months, you know, things aren't going too well. So did you have yeah. a lot of those ups and downs like many entrepreneurs during those first couple of years or was it a oh, different gosh. kind of journey? Oh, it was lots of ups and downs and it was stressful. I got to be honest with you because I, I, <clears throat> I had my first rental property and I was going to school and I really wanted to do real estate as an investment or as a business, not so much as an investment. And, you know, the way you, the way you're successful in that or anything else is, you know, just massive action. So I really had to focus in on what I could do to create the buzz, create the energy, create the leads. And so I could start closing transactions. And so I started studying um, how to do this. I went through a, a short stint in the, uh, the foreclosure world and, um, we could talk about that and, and the mistakes I made there, but ended up finding that lease options worked pretty well for me. And so I, I was learning how to do lease options and, and negotiating those with sellers. And it really is, Victor, it's, it's massive action. So I was going like I was I had a job and I was in school and I was buying properties on the weekends. So in order to do that, I had to set up my appointments for the weekend. People that wanted me to come out and look at their house and negotiate, do all of that. So I was making phone calls to you know, for sale by owners. I was actually calling the foreclosure list. I was calling landlords, absentee owners, just cold calling them as I was walking across campus between classes or on my lunch break when I was working, just so I had some appointments set up for the weekend. And then I would give up my weekend so that I could go out and meet with all these sellers and, and work on the business. And so that's how it, it got going. And once you start getting some traction and some momentum, um, it all gets a little bit easier, but it's, it's a grind. You make mistakes, you fall on your face, you get up, you try it again. You have a lot of people. I was at, I was at a uh, business leadership meeting the other day, a, a small group of us is only eight. And we were talking about some of these things and, and failures and, you know, your people around you are going to try to pull you down. Um, in fact, I didn't have a lot of people that were supportive. No one thought I could really do this. Um, so it was, it was like, you can't do that. How's that? I make a mistake. Well, how's that business stuff working out for you? Why don't you get a job? All of that stuff. So um, yeah, it's just, it's just a tough, it's a tough road, but God, it's worth it. No, absolutely. And so, and, and, and there are many entrepreneurs who've gone through exactly the same thing you did. So uh, yeah, you were working, you were going to school and basically, you were doing your real estate business on the weekends. And 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 here's the thing: too many people say, "I just don't have the time to do it." And Brandon, you had a very busy schedule. You know what? During these little pockets of time, you go, you're walking from class to class. You make calls, try to get appointments, or on your lunch break. So you found the time to do it during the week, so you could plan for the week. A lot of people just say, "I just don't have the time." They don't even bother. But it seems like you had this dream saying, "I got to find a way to make this work." You said, "Take massive action." And like you said, it's not easy. And I think sometimes when people become, become entrepreneurs, they have this false idea, like in the long run, yes, it's definitely worth it. But sometimes in the beginning, there's so much adversity and struggle because especially you, you, you're brand new to the craft. You don't know what you're doing. So you're going to make mistakes. You get feedback. You're learning it. Like you say, you deal with failures, rejection, and you didn't get a lot of support. A lot of people say, oh, how's that thing going? And 
And for me, you know, I could say, and I'm sure the same thing is true for you. It was also very important to surround yourself to find other successful people, people who would support you on your journey, your dream, because it's so easy to give up, you know, after like having a number of failures and like, should I even bother? Everyone around you is trying to, like you said, drag you down. But how important was it for you to be surrounding yourself with people that would, that would support you and be positive and also other successful people as well? Yeah, it's hugely important and it's very difficult to find. Like right now, my 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 sphere, my close circle, they're all successful. And, and it's just kind of, it sort of organically happens that way when you start making money and having success, you attract that. But also you could be very intentional in that too and, and surround yourself with the with the appropriate people. And, and sadly, it's not always your family, right? So you have you have your family time, but if you could limit that and so you could spend the majority of your time with people that will support you, that's kind of the best way to do it. It's much easier now uh, to be quite candid with you with LinkedIn and Facebook groups and, and bigger pockets. And you have all these different websites and forums that we can collaborate on. Back then it wasn't like that. So it was really, it was really going to the, real estate sales meetings. It was going to the association, business specific association meetings. And and just once a month, you get that fix, right? Like everyone's, we're all in this together, even though it's such a lonely thing. Um, and yeah, I guess that's, I, I don't know if that answered your question, but it's, it, it was very much more difficult then than it is now. It's actually, it's not that hard to find with meetup. Meetup's a great place. You know, it's not that hard to find people that want to support you now, like it was back then. No, absolutely. I agree. It's definitely easier to set this meetup. Yeah, Facebook groups, LinkedIn groups. There's a lot of different groups out there of people in in your industry, and you can just meet up with like-minded people that support you on your journey. Um, yeah, and the reason I was just asking about this because there, there's probably you know entrepreneurs listening right now. Some of them may be like you know brand new and they want to get started, or they they've been doing it for a while and they're, they're struggling. They're wondering, you know, is it worth it? And you're you're, you're showing by your example over these last twenty years, it is worth it. It could be tough in the beginning, oh, God. but you never give up. I mean, and I guess because you focus on your dream, you know, you focus on the big goal in hand, and you you know, you, I guess the talk about also you mentioned momentum, and I think talk about also the power of consistency and also the compound effect. Like you said, in the beginning maybe you didn't see a lot of results, but as you said, you build that momentum, it compounds over the course of time. You start doing things, everybody start doing things right, and then you start seeing results. And then after a while, after say two, three, four years, the results seem to multiply. You're like saying, "Where did this all come from?" It's because of the consistent action that compounds. You talk a little bit more about that. Yeah, Victor, I love that. That is absolutely 100% accurate. Um, and, and the momentum is one thing that helps, in, in my view, to get past some fear. So I think the fear, usually it's a failure, but that fear that is so de de uh, debilitating is why a lot of entrepreneurs aren't successful, right? They're not willing to go past that extra little effort because they're afraid of something. Um, so I, I think about this all the time. And you know, I just did a keynote a keynote presentation to a group. There's like 200 people in a room or something like that. And, and the, the, the idea here was how do we, how do we get past this fear and how do we stay in the grind when it gets a little bit harder, when we fail, how do we get back up and keep going? And a, a biggest, the biggest by far way to accomplish that is your why. And I know it's cliche and we all talk about our why, but my gosh, this is the one thing that if you want to be a successful entrepreneur, this is the one fail-proof way to do it. Um, you got to get very clear on what that why is. And if it's if it's legitimate and it's strong and powerful enough, 
you can't fail. You will not let yourself fail. You were, you will do whatever it takes to succeed. And you could like, you know, the, the, the famous saying that John always said, I'm from Denver, but plan, plan B, we don't have a plan. We don't have a plan B it's plan A, like plan A is going to work. Right. And, and so I share the, I'll just share a quick story with you, but I was young and I, I lost my mom to cancer. I was just a, a, a young child and, and my dad raised me and my brother and my sister, and we didn't have a lot of money. And he gave up his entire life for us to raise us. He gave up his entire retirement. And, you know, I wouldn't be who I am now without him and the support and love that he gave me. So I felt like, dude, he gave up everything for me. What can I do to help him? Because if it wasn't for what he did, he would have that retirement. So I, my why was, oh, I'm going to buy a house free and clear, no debt. I'm just going to give it to him. So that way you help him with his retirement. And, and I did that. And, and now my why is, well, I want to support kids that can't support themselves or kids that don't have a fighting chance in this world that that are born into families that aren't supportive and and are into maybe drugs or some other um, problem and and these kids are are I mean gosh they just don't have a chance because the influences around them I want to help support them and and see if I could help more more people be successful so my drive is that now and I think if you have a drive that's bigger than you like one of those you, you're not going to fail. Yeah, that's a beautiful story about your dad. Like your mom died when you were young of cancer, uh, from cancer, and that was really tough on you and your siblings. And your dad said, "I'm going to give up. I want to make sure to give everything to the kids so they have everything that they need." So he sacrificed everything to make sure you and your siblings had, had the best thing possible. So you know, so he could have had a comfortable retirement, but he sacrificed because he loved his kids. And and you know, obviously that definitely touched you and affected you. Your your why was. Now I'm going to do something really great for my dad. And one day you bought your dad a house app, clear of any mortgage as long as it was debt free and you can enjoy it. And then you you want to continue doing that, you know, supporting kids who are getting support, who can't support themselves. And I think that's a wonderful, beautiful. Life. It reminds me of a story of Tony Robbins talks about you know, when he grew up, he was very poor. And like during Thanksgiving, the stranger just brought his family uh, Thanksgiving food for dinner. And his dad, interesting, did not want it because he saw it as it, it showed him that he was a failure, he couldn't feed his mind. But Tony was so such he was such a kid, and he said he started believing in the goodness of people. And he says, One one day I'm gonna do the same for others. And and ever since then he's become very successful. He has this feeding drive. He's like he spends millions, uh, you know, gets millions of meals to feed people during Thanksgiving. Because you remember what that one stranger did. And, and the stranger didn't pay for it. Someone else uh gave him the food, the the, the food to give and he brought it to Tony's family. He always remembered that. And, and that, that inspired him to feed millions of people everything. So, and he's been doing it for many years right now. And your story kind of reminded me of that. You say you, you were touched by your dad. He you wanted to do something for your dad, not but not just for him now. You want to do it for other kids who, who are struggling as well. So I, you know it's incredible. Like you do something for someone, it, it you never know how it can inspire them to do great things for others. Well, th yeah, exactly. All of that's true. And it'll help you be successful in business. So you were alluding to, well, how do, how do you stay in the grind and how do you get that momentum? I think you were using and um, the, the way to get it is to, to be very consistent. And the only way to be very consistent when you have a failure is to have something, a, a reason to stay consistent. So that's why we like the why. The problem is so many people, their why is why well, I want a million dollars or I want $10,000 a month in income or they want, and it's so I'm just going to say it. It's so lame to have a goal like that. 
because you're not going to, that's not that type of goal. And that type of mentality is not going to make you successful. So I will ask, well, why do you want the million dollars? And then why, well, I want to buy this and this. Well, why do you want that? Like, what's the feeling that you're going to get from that? That's the, how deep we got to go for this to work. Yeah, you got to drill down deeper. Uh, Dean Graziosa talks about his book. Um, he says, drill down seven seven whys. You keep drilling out, why do you want that? And they said, before this reason. Yeah, but why do you want that? And eventually after like the sixth or seventh why, you come to the real reason why they want it. After you drill mm-hmm. deeper, like you said, superficial. I want to think about $10 million. It's very superficial, but there's a, there's a real goal. You know, what yeah. is it? And as you dig deeper, and that's what you were alluding to as well, you got to ask, why do you want that? Why? Okay, but why do you want that? And then you get to the core need, what, why you yeah. really want that? What would they do? Spend more time with your family, take care of your mom, take care of your kids, whatever. It's like you come to the real reason why you're doing this. So Exactly. Yeah, very beautiful. So so you shared a lot. So you, you've had a really, the last 20 years, that you know, you've had a very successful real estate run. Now, did having mentors uh, play a part in your success as well? Oh, of course. So when I was, when I was doing the, the foreclosure stuff and I was failing, and then I ended up reading a couple of books, I went and bought that first lease option property. Um, I, I just fell in love with that strategy and I ended up starting to follow the author. And then he did like this little mentorship program and, and I ended up buying into that. And, and that's really where my career took off. Um, and then I got, you know, I got into the financing side. I, I started this company in 2008 and the reason I got into that is because I was working with a lady named Susan. Now, Susan was a, a mortgage broker, but also dealt private money to some extent. And she took me under her wing. And without her, I wouldn't be where I am at all. And that was more of a, not a paid program. That was just somebody that wanted to help me out. And she taught me the business. Now, in 2008, when the world was coming in around us financially, she decided she wanted out and to do something different. And I wanted to stay in. So that's why I started this company. Um, and we've had a we've had a great run. We've had a lot of success, um, and and it, yeah, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't have been able to do that without her. Yeah. So the, thanks for sharing. It just shows the importance of a mentor, a guide, a coach. It really helps you a lot. You learn a lot. You avoid a lot of mistakes. And because if you try to do it by yourself, yeah, everyone experience will tell you you're going to make a lot of mistakes. I mean, we're all going to make mistakes, but the mentor will save you from making a lot more mistakes and help you become successful a lot more quickly so and, and that's definitely been your experience and speaking of 2008 and that, that was obviously a very tough time for a lot of people real estate how did you navigate during that difficult time which you know a lot of real estate people you know they foreclose and they get out of the business yeah so it, it was a really tough time quite candidly um i i lost almost everything um this is we we talked earlier you asked me very early on was it a smooth sailing or which was a little bit of up and down right well this is one of my downs. I mean, this is one of the lowest points in my entire life. Um, I was losing, I had a brand new daughter and everything was com- financially tumbling in around me. Um, but it's one of the, it, it's the why again, right? Like I kept coming back to that and I'm like, I, this hurts and I'm going to get through it because I need to be able to do this for my dad. So I uh, I was able to to continue on. And, and the good thing about that is that pain and that turmoil created some of the best opportunities I've ever seen. I don't know if I'll see opportunities like that ever again. Um, so that, that, that time is, you know, it's times like that, that wealth is, there's a separation of wealth. Um, the people that are willing to to take the risk and, and take advantage and the ones that want to sit back and watch. And, and I definitely wanted to move forward and, and, and we're coming into a time like that right now. So we'll, we'll see how this goes, but I'm definitely, 
better prepared now than I was then. And I took full advantage then. So I'm excited. Yeah. Like you said, your why got you through that. Yeah. 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 Your new daughter, your dad. And, and you mentioned something during these difficult times, you know, difficult economic times, a lot of opportunities are created, but a lot of people, they get so negative. They feel like giving up. They, uh, they blind themselves to these possibilities where a lot of times people, a lot of people also make money during these difficult economic oh, times yeah. because, you know, because everyone's getting out and, you know, 2008, the stock market crashed 50%. And a lot of people just sold everything. But then a lot of people like Warren Buffett, you know what, they started investing, started making more money. And guess what? Next year, the market just rallied back. And I remember Warren Buffett said, when people get greedy, I get fearful. And when people get fearful, I get greedy. Because when people are yeah, leaving, that's it. when he when he invests. So um, that's something just always keep in mind. During these difficult times, there's also a lot of great opportunities. So if you, you got to keep your mind open for opportunities. Because if you think there are no opportunities, even if it's put there right in front of you, you will never notice them. So, and I think that's one thing you've done with your career because you like you notice they're going to be opportunities, and when they present themselves to you, you jump at it. Is that correct? Yeah, that's exactly right. Out, it's easier now as you mature to identify that. Uh, it was hard for me to see that back then, but you know, two years after the crash, two thousand ten, and then even into eleven and twelve, you were I was seeing tremendous opportunities. So I might have been a tad late if you're trying to time it perfectly, but gosh, you yeah, if you can identify it go for it. Businesses, the most successful businesses start in recessions. So it's coming guys. If you're, if your listeners are brand new entrepreneurs or considering starting, starting something new, um, this is as scary as it sounds. This is going to be a fantastic time to do that. No, definitely. Yeah. A lot of great successful businesses start during recessions and, and, and that's the other thing, because you've gone through a lot of, you know, adversities, you know, strokes, everyone does, but you overcome them. And, and those that overcome become stronger people. They become better entrepreneurs and they can succeed. So, and if another tough time comes because you've overcome this before in the past, you know, you can do it again. And and you, you've developed yourself so much. You have developed a strong mindset. Strong, uh, your personal life has gotten so good because you have this belief in yourself. You, you, you say to yourself, I've done this before. I can do it. So, yeah, there might be, you know, some tough times coming up, but you know, you're going to get through this and you're not going to give up and you know, New opportunities, you mentioned new opportunities are going to come their way and you're going to take advantage of them. Whereas a lot of people are running away, you are not, you're going to take advantage of them. Is that correct? Yeah, that's exactly right. And I know that there's going to be pain. Like whenever you go through a process like this, there is pain and, and some people are going to suffer. And I don't want that. I hate that piece of it, but it does create opportunity for those of us that are prepared for it. No, no, absolutely. Because here's the thing, what I've noticed about successful entrepreneurs, like, like some of you know, they've gone back and forth. Um, it, it's really important to develop that proper mindset because you, you probably heard that most lottery winners are broke within five years. Yeah. But those have been successful. Even if for some reason they lose it all because they develop that mindset, I have this million-dollar mindset, they will get it back because that's that's just the way they develop themselves. So even if they, they lose a lot of money, they will find a way to get it back. Whereas if you don't develop yourself, even if money's thrown at you, you're going to find a way to blow it. So you really have to work on yourself and develop yourself. And um, so next question I want to ask is like, for those who are getting started in real estate, um, you know, what would you recommend to, what what's what some ideas, some recommendations you would give to them getting started in the real estate field? Uh, you know, what to do, what to avoid doing? Yeah, so two things here. Um, first of all, educate yourself, especially if you're brand new and you're getting into it, you, you need to learn, right? The good news is there's a ton of information out there. 
So it's not that hard to educate yourself now as, as it was, and it's free. So educate yourself first, but here's the second part of that. Don't educate yourself so much that you don't ever do anything. So we see this all the time where people are at the same seminars, the same monthly meetings, the same, all of this, but they never actually do a transaction. And it's the, the crippling fear that we talked about. So you're never going to know it all. <laughs> I've been doing this for 20 years. I've done whatever it is now, 2,500 deals, and I still am learning. So if you're, if you're going to wait until you learn everything, then don't even waste your time learning because you're not going to get there. But if you, if you want to be successful, learn enough to, to at least build up a little bit of confidence and then know that you're going to have a little bit of fear in front of you. You're going to have to go out on that limb a little bit and that limb may break or it may hold you and, and you'll be super successful. But either way, if you keep going forward, you're going to be successful. So learn a little bit and then for God's sake, take some type of action. I, I totally agree with you on that. You know, educate yourself, learn as much as you can, but don't learn for five, 10 years and never take any action. Because unfortunately, happens to a lot of people. They, they spend so much time learning. They develop something called self-esteem. Um, you know, they're learning up and they never take any action. I love it. Now, but here's the thing, because you mentioned you've done 2,500 deals and you're still learning, but you did a lot of learning also as you were working on those, you were trying to do those, you were calling those people. And you learn by taking action. It's that's the best learning. Is you, you you learn as you know in the beginning, but then you take action. That's how you learn because it's the big difference between theory and practice. And once you took action on those things, you learned. You got better at your craft. And over the years, you've gotten so much better because you took action. Like you said if you just spend ten years of learning, you just be great in theory, but not in practice. It's taking that massive action, which is very important. You learn what to do, what not to do. You get feedback on how you can improve things, and and smooth sailing from there, right? I don't know if I'd say smooth sailing, but well, yes, you know, it is. Yeah. It gets easier. <laughs> it's, it's that momentum, right? But yeah, yeah. yeah, I mean, the analysis by paralysis, right? We hear it all the time. And and, and that is so absolutely true. Um, and, and maybe it's just taking a little, just take a little bit small step. Here's a piece of advice that I like to give. If, if the action piece is hard for you, and a lot of times it's because your goals are not set correctly. So you might be setting a goal of, I want to, I want to make $2,000 a month or 5,000 or whatever the number is, or I want to make this, I want to have a net worth of this or whatever tangible goal you have. Well, that's not a fantastic goal unless you're super motivated by that type of goal. For a lot of people, they're not. So a, a better goal would be an action oriented goal. Like, okay, I'm going to make 25 cold calls every morning for the next 30 days. And so then you're your goal is absolutely t tangible, but it's something that you can control. Let's not think about the results for now. Okay, let's get, well, the results will come and you can start making your financial goals and all of that sexy stuff later. But for now, let's focus on what I absolutely have control of. I could pick up that phone and dial it. That I can do. So if I, if I make my goal, I'm going to make this many calls or I'm going to go out, visit this many offices or I'm going to send this many pieces of direct mail or whatever the goal is, as long as it's something that you can control, you'll have a lot more opportunity for success and hitting that goal. And once you start hitting goals, that creates the momentum that we're talking about. Yeah. I love that. You know, you focus action oriented goals are really good because they can motivate. Like you say, it's what you can control. You can say, I'm going to do 25 cold calls every single morning. And that's something you can control. Focus in the beginning, focus more on the process and then on the results, I think so many people want to get started. So well, I haven't made any money. I haven't made any deals. Um, but it's you can't always control the result. You're not. You don't know how the other people are going to react to your offer. 
but you can control what you do, your the action you take. So if you're doing it every single day, you'll you know you'll be consistent, you'll compound, you'll develop that momentum, you'll see over time you'll start getting those results. As long as you keep working it every single day, doing it consistently, controlling the things, focus on the things you can control. I agree, focus on the activity, the process, more than the results in the beginning. And eventually those results would come in. So I think that was a great piece of advice because I think a lot of people, beginners don't understand that they're, they get, you know, after two, three months, they're not seeing much happening. They're saying, yeah, my, you know, my friends are right. This just, does, it doesn't work. So I'm going to give up. But thousands of other people making money out of it, so it must work. Yeah. They it's must right. be doing something different. Find out what it is and focus on the activity. So really good stuff, Ken. Listen, I want to thank you so much for being on the show. It's been a real pleasure. You shed a lot of great value, a lot of great tips, and a lot of golden nuggets. So really appreciate having you on. And Kevin, before we let you go, if people want to get in touch with you, what is the best way for them to contact you? Yeah, I'm going to give you two ways quick. We talked a little bit about the recession and how people start businesses in the recession and how, how beneficial that can be. Real estate investing is no different. This is the best time to be buying. And a lot of people are confused about the 2008 crash and, and today and what's what, what the similarities are. And there really isn't any. So what I did was I wrote a, a pretty lengthy and detailed report about what actually does resemble, which is the 90s crash, the savings and loans mm -hmm. to what's going on today. And I compare those two so we could use that to help us with our decision-making going into this recession. So that's totally free. I'll give it away. It's thepinereport.com, thepinereport.com. Otherwise, you could you could find me. The best way is on our website. It's pinefinancialgroup.com. Awesome. Thanks again, Kevin. I really appreciate it. Have yourself a great day, my friend. Yeah, you too, Victor. Thanks. Bye-bye. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. If you've enjoyed listening, please smash that subscribe button so you don't miss any of our amazing episodes. Please also leave a five-star rating review and have an awesome day.